traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. It's more with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show, where we talk about the economy, we talk about finances, we talk a little bit about politics and how you can make more money. And so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, This is the number one talk radio show, I'm sorry, station, uh, WABC, in the United States of America. So it is a great privilege of me for me to be able to speak to you every Saturday afternoon about what is going on with this economy, what's going on with uh, with the stock market and the craziness in Washington. And, and I say that word very deliberately. It is crazy environment we have in Washington. Almost all of the things that are going wrong in America today are self-inflicted wounds, self-inflicted wounds because of bad policy decisions that are being made by Congress and this president. And it breaks my heart because we are not prospering the way this country should. By the way, before I even get in the economy, I just want to put out a nod uh, and a salute to uh, Tiger Woods for what he has done. Um, it is inspirational. I, whether you love Tiger or hate him, and I love Tiger, I just loved his incredible sense of competitiveness and his uh, incredible precision on the golf course. I've n- we've never seen anything like it, the greatest golfer who ever lived. And for someone like that to go, and he's had so many troubles in his life, um, but to come back from this terrible accident that he had, what, 14, 15 months ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, when people thought that his leg was going to be amputated and that he would never uh, be able to potentially walk again, for him to go out and shoot under par at the Masters on Thursday was miraculous, and it is uh, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to me to get out there. I'm going to go, you know, uh, practice on the range today. Um, I love golf. I think it's a really wonderful sport, especially as I get older. But for whatever you're, whatever you're involved in, what it shows is with real dedication, with some heart and spunk, you can be, you can, you can improve yourself. And for Tiger to do this, at, how old is Tiger now? He's got to be in his 50s, I would think. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I'm going to look that up in the break and find out how old Tiger is. But for him to do what he's done, I think the last time I checked, he was he was one over par after 36 holes, maybe one or two over par. That, that's incredible. He's up there practically on the leaderboard with these 20-somethings that are you know 25 years younger than he is. He's still doing it great. So I find that to be just so remarkable. I'll be watching the Masters 
uh, today and tomorrow. And uh, it's it's one of my favorite sporting events. I don't know about for you all. And, um, you know, wouldn't it be something if one – I don't. I think it's very unlikely if, if uh, Tiger Woods could win one more green jacket. I, I would love to see that. Now, I know that has nothing to do with money. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the More Money show. But I am just really, really proud of uh, Tiger as an American. And I love it when I – like, I, you cut me. I, I bleed red, white, and blue. I love it when Americans win, win these tournaments. And Tiger was so dominant for so many years. And so um, good for you, Tiger. Good for you. Uh, all right. Now let's talk a little bit. And by the way, I am going to take your questions again. This is week number six. Week number six for regular listeners of the More Money Show. You know that I've been challenging any of my liberal friends any of my liberal listeners, and I know we have a lot. We have a great audience on this show. We have great ratings. And so I know a lot of people are listening to the show. And I know you're not all free market conservatives like I am. And I, I respect that, that, you, you know, this is freedom of speech radio. I love it when people with different opinions from mine, because I'm not always right. I'm mostly right, but I'm not always right. You know, and people with different opinions call in and challenge me. I love that. So. For the sixth week in a row, I am going to challenge my liberal Democratic friends to explain to me the reasoning behind the Biden energy policy of dismantling American oil, gas, and coal, which was where we get 70% of our energy. 70% of our energy comes from old-fashioned oil, gas, and coal. This country was built on oil, gas, and coal. They are what powered the Industrial Revolution, they're what, what uh, power our cars, our technology, our food production, everything is derivative and dependent on energy. And we have a president who has adopted a radical climate change agenda of basically saying, we're going to change the temperature of the planet of the earth, if I get this correctly, by reducing the amount of oil and gas and coal that we produce in the United States. Now, here's my problem with this, folks. And again, I want somebody on the other side to call in and explain why I'm wrong. Because as I see it, we are not cleaning up the planet by doing this, by reducing our own gas and coal production in states like West Virginia and Pennsylvania and Ohio and uh, states like uh, Texas, of course, and North Dakota and Oklahoma and Alaska, where we have so much energy. I really cannot figure out how it is how is it better that we get oil, gas, and coal from places like Russia or places like Iran or places like China? By the way, China is building like 25 new coal plants as we speak. So they're, they're not, they don't care about climate change. <laughs> I guarantee you, the one thing that the Chinese don't care about and the communists there is climate change. They care about taking over the world economy. So they are as Donald Trump was saying, laughing behind our back when they see us pulling back on our energy production so that they can produce more of it. And there is a huge geopolitical impact on who controls energy. We should have learned that, shouldn't we, from the 60s, 70s, and 80s when the OPEC, <coughs> excuse me, those OPEC countries like Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and uh, the other Libya and, uh, and Iran and Iraq uh, and Venezuela controlled the energy markets, and they had a blade at our neck. They could, with a flick of a switch, you know, um, send our great 
American industrial economy into a recession by just, you know, withholding the oil production. And finally, 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 under Donald Trump, we had finally um, relieved ourselves uh, from the bondage of those OPEC countries. In fact, Trump almost single-handedly destroyed OPEC because all of a sudden we were producing so much oil and gas, we became practically the number one producer in the world. How can you have a cartel when the number one producer in the world isn't part of your cartel and raising prices with you? And so I love this people saying we've got to really stick at the business and they're price gouging. You know, the people are price gouging are the OPEC countries. They're the ones who are price gouging. And how are they doing that? They're doing that because we've reduced our production, so we're now subservient to them, and so is Europe, to get the oil and gas. It makes zero sense to me, but maybe there's somebody out there, and Mr. Producer, if a Democrat calls in or one of my liberal friends and listeners calls in, we're going to put them right at the front of the line, and we're going to have them explain this. This is the sixth week in a row I pleaded, pleaded with someone on the left to call in and explain and defend this energy policy. And so far, folks, we have got zero, <laughs> zero callers on the left. Now, I do want uh, those of you who agree with me to call in. Our topic really today is how do we solve this inflation problem? How do we deal with an economy that looks to be floundering? I see consumer confidence is down right now. Americans are quite worried about a recession. You think we're headed in that direction? I pray at night that we don't have a recession. I've lived through about six or seven recessions in my adult working life, and those are gut-wrenching. They cause a lot of pain. They cause a lot of misery. I want to steer us out of a recession, but I think one way to do that is let's up and raise our energy production. Think about the jobs that we could be producing in this country. Think about what it would mean for our um, trade deficit, if we didn't have to buy all this, you know, we're sending money, folks, over to the Russians. We're sending money over to China. We're sending money over to Venezuela and Iran. Our enemies, they, they love Biden. They love Biden. They've never had it so good. Biden doesn't put America first. And I'm sick and tired of it, frankly. I just believe that the United States has got to do a few things. We've got to stop the massive spend, multi-trillion dollar spending spree in Washington. I almost fell off my chair earlier this week when I saw Chucky Schumer, who runs the Senate. He's obviously the Democrat from New York. I don't know why New Yorkers keep sending him to the Senate. Um, he said, we're going to make a, a big, another big push for Build Back Better bill. Did you see that? He wants to do another big push for another three, four, five trillion dollar spending bill. And I said, oh, well, we're going to cut it back a little bit. No, Chucky, we don't need more government spending. We need less government spending. Government spending has created and it's been the match that lit this forest fire of higher prices. I got to tell you, I went to the grocery store with my wife this week, six fifty nine for a gallon of milk. I could not believe it. Six fifty nine. One last thing, and then we're going to have to take our break. Latest news from Bloomberg that came out this morning, global food shortages, highest increase in, in grocery and food prices that they've recorded in 40 years. And they talk in this article, and I think they're spot on, that this could cause real hunger, malnutrition, and even famine problems in some of these poorer countries. That's the result of this massive increase in inflation that is causing hardship in America, 
but it's causing death and destruction in some of the poorest countries in the world. Let's turn this around. Let's turn on the spigot of American energy. Let's get Americans back to work again. Let's not have a two and a half trillion dollar tax increase. Let's go for growth. Let's go for the Reagan-Trump formula that created so many jobs, so much income, highest income, lowest poverty rate, lowest unemployment rates. Let's get back to what we know works. That's my message for today for the More Money Show. We'll be right back with Ryan and Bob Payne giving you the update on the markets. And then at the bottom of the hour, I will start taking your calls on the More Money Show. My favorite part of the show is to listen to what you have to say. And this is your chance to have your voice heard by our hundreds of thousands and even millions of listeners throughout the Northeast of the United States. You're listening to the More Money Show, folks. I will be right back. W-A-B-C. Hey, this is Ryan Payne and Bob Payne on More Money This Morning from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, talking the markets, the economy, your financial plan, your financial independence plan. And Bob, man, oh man, the volatility has been relentless this year in the market. We have big up days, big down days, and all the while, economic data looks pretty good. Yeah, it does, Ryan. It's been a great year so far. If you had investments in energy, materials, uh, industrials, what we call value stocks, um, if you had money in you know, pipelines, it hasn't been such a great market if you've been invested in long-duration assets like tech stocks, you know, like uh, Kathy Wood's ARC funds. If you look at Zoom. Stock was $406 this time last year. It's 115 bucks now. Yeah, I mean, they've, obviously the growth trade has gotten slaughtered here. Um, but you know, what's interesting is you know we're getting big up days, big down days in the market. But if you look at it, we're really not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, no, it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you came into coming into this year, right, we were close to thirty-seven thousand on the S and P. Dropped all. I mean, on a Dow, it dropped all the way down to thirty-two thousand, and uh, it's thirty-four thousand five hundred as we speak today. Yeah, I was talking to a client yesterday, and he says the market's just down, down, down. And I'm like, well, not really. You know, it's up, up, <laughs> it's down, down, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. But, you know, I think the big picture is, I mean, you have a couple things weighing right now on the economy, the market, and that's this, this war that's continuing to go on in Ukraine and the uncertainty around that that's pushing, to your point, commodity prices up, which, you know, like energy's done really well this year. You have rampant inflation, right? That's all we can talk about anymore is inflation, inflation. I don't think we even used the word inflation for a decade. Uh, you know, before we had this post-pandemic surge in the economy and interest rates probably being front and center this week. I mean, you look at mortgage rates now, you're looking at a 5% 30-year mortgage, Bob. It's been like 100 years since we've had a 5% 30-year mortgage. I know, right? It does feel that way, but it looks awfully cheap to me. Um, you know, when you consider that I, I bought my first home in the early 80s and had a 22% fixed rate of mortgage. That was a little too steep for me. <laughs> so five doesn't look so bad. And meanwhile, you're getting some good news in the rest of the economy. We had uh, you know, record low jobless claims just come in this week. Well, that's, that's the huge catalyst here right in the economy because you're hearing a lot about well, how inflation is going to slow everything down. And now two-thirds of strategist economists are calling for a recession somewhere in the next 12, 24 months. And, you know, look, I don't know if we're going into a recession, but even if we did, you know, how severe would that recession be? And the other part of that equation is if you're an employer right now, like we are, 
And it's so hard to get workers. Even if your business slows down, you're probably not going to get rid of your workers. So I think, you know, if you look at the American household right now, they're in great shape because wages are going up. If you look at households, they've saved 60% of the money. They were able to save 60% of the stimulus they received during the pandemic. And, you know, I just don't see uh, hiring going down. I don't see people getting laid off here because of the labor shortage that we have. Well, that's the thing. You have a lot of job openings. You have not as many people that uh, can fill those jobs. We're down to 3.6% unemployment. But meanwhile, rather, the rest of the economy is opening up. I mean, look at the cost of the airline tickets are going up, not just because gas is going up, but demand's going through the roof. You know, everybody wants to travel. Everybody wants to go out to restaurants. So the economy is going to keep pushing forward. Uh, just hope that, uh, you know, the employers can keep up with, uh, you know, finding the right people to do the job. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest bane of existence of the economy is just finding qualified workers. So if you're a worker, you're in a position right now where you're in huge demand. You know, you kind of have the world's your oyster. And I'm hard pressed to think, I mean, look at wages this year. They're probably going to go up like five, six percent. And, you know, one of the other things we've talked about a lot on this show and something you know that's not really in the media narrative is a lot of the inflation that we're seeing is going to go down contrary to popular belief, right? We're the supply chains are getting fixed, you know, and the stress that we saw in those supply chains is not going to be the same because you can't reopen the economy more than once. Yeah, because, you know, right, uh, most of my uh, friends and, and clients are baby boomers, aging baby boomers, may I say. Um, <laughs> and we all have this memory of hyperinflation that we kind of grew up with and uh, dealt with back in our, our earlier years. And, you know, that's kind of the narrative that a lot of my clients, a lot of my friends believe in, but it's different, right? You, you know, you are having higher inflation, but it's not hyperinflation. Um, doesn't mean we can't go there, but it, you know, I think the big difference between now and then is productivity is really, really strong. And we didn't have that kind of productivity in the seventies and eighties. It's a great point. And, you know, a lot of that, the reason for that is the pandemic, right? Companies had to get very creative. Like we always say that necessity is the mother of invention. And just like a small example of that is when I go to CVS now, instead of getting checked out by a person, you have self-checkout. Now, at first, I was like, this is annoying. I don't like it. <laughs> Where's the person I can talk to, to to pay for my goods and goods in the store? But after a while, you get used to it. And there's like four or five of these kiosks. That would have been four or five workers just two years ago. Now they've been able to replace where they don't need labor. So your point about this, this combination of higher productivity and higher wages is probably a huge catalyst in the positive for the U.S. economy, no matter what they yeah, tell real, you. No, I agree, right? And you're not going to see that in the headlines. You're just going to see the dire news because if it bleeds, it leads, you know, how the media works. And, you know, what we're really actually seeing now is an economy that's, that's getting stronger. You have, you know, people that are in a position with more cash they've had in years, and they're ready to break out from, you know, being locked down for the last two years, and it's happening all over the country. Um, and I think that the news will just continue to get better. You know, economists, they just can't measure animal spirits, Bob. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, there's, no, there's no graph you can put animal spirits on, but that's really what it is, is those animal spirits are going to come out. And I think this is important, too, with your financial independence plan, because, you know, we talk about this a lot, but the clock is ticking. If you've been sitting in cash, nervous because the markets are volatile here, there's a lot of uncertainty you can't afford not to be invested, right? We know inflation, again, is at like 8%. It's going to come in hot again for March. And every day you sit in cash, you don't make a decision on your money. 
you're getting further and further behind the eight ball when it comes to your retirement plan and your money has to be productive. And there's plenty of ways to put your money to work right now where you're receiving dividends. Your money is compounding, but that needs to be critical right now because inflation is not going to, it's going to come down, but it's not come down that much. Now that's true, right? But the thing is, when you have this type of volatility in the market, when you have a change in the direction of inflation like we have and interest rates, well, you've got to take a change in direction in your portfolio because we've been talking about this for months now about the penalty that long duration assets are going to suffer because of higher rates. You know, the, there's a new regime and it's, you know, value, it's energy, it's materials. You have to make sure that your portfolio stays diversified, yes. stay invested, but you can't can't get to your goals with the winners of the last 10 years. You know, markets revert to the mean. That's what's going on right now. Yeah, and we see it because we look at over 50 portfolios a month and you're missing those pro-inflationary assets. You have to have them in your portfolio. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like I need a review, I need to figure out what I'm doing. I've been sitting in cash or I don't even know what I own. And I noticed that my bonds are going down right now. My stocks are going down right now. I don't think I have pro-inflation assets in your portfolio. Here's your shot to get that review. We literally keep 10 slots open during the show. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, if you call or text right now, Bob and I will run our total financial master plan for you, a full holistic financial review. And we'll do that with no obligation or cost. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front. We literally go through everything. We'll look at every holding you have. We're going to build for you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture. And we're just going to hone in on every financial issue you have and address them right away. We're going to look at income. You need an income plan for retirement. How are you going to draw from your portfolio? How do you take Social Security? There's hundreds of ways to take Social Security. We're going to show you how to take it optimally for you, show you how to build an income plan where you can draw from your portfolio, factor in inflation, and not run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Your portfolio is laden with high-feed products that are tax inefficient. This is what Wall Street loves to sell you. And those annuities, life insurance products, mutual funds, brokerage products, we're going to go through all of them, show you where all your hidden costs are, reduce that cost, optimize your portfolio for taxes. I think taxes are going higher. You need a game plan. We've got that game plan for you. And we're going to look at diversification. Did you get hit hard the last couple of months as markets have been all over the place? Are your bonds down? Those bond funds? Do you have too many tech funds, growth stocks in your portfolio? Or are you just sitting in cash? earning nothing as inflation runs at 8%, losing every day. We're going to put together a full investment game plan to show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We've got 10 slots if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN. NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over 750000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation, no cost, but there won't be a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844 PL. A-N-N-Y-C. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Paying Capital Management, of course, P-A-Y-N-E, with the thousand or so families that we manage and the over a billion dollars that we oversee, you know, we find when it comes to your money that you are emotional. And we like to think <laughs> yeah. that as people, as human beings, we like to think we make these 
logical, pragmatic decisions when it comes to our, our investment portfolio and our financial independence plan. But the truth is, feelings play a huge role when we make investment decisions. Hey, Rye, you know what it comes down to? The two overriding emotions when it comes to investing, when it comes to your money, when it comes to spending, and that's simply fear and greed. Yes. And the problem is when you let your emotions take control, you can make a very detrimental decision when it comes to your financial plan and you can really derail your entire retirement. And you know, we see this right now. We talk, again, we look at those 50 or so portfolios a month. We see what you're doing. We see what firms are recommending right now. And what happens is, you know, right, like for instance, we talk about tech stocks, long duration assets, bond funds, which the, the street or firms love to sell you is you get overweighted in certain parts of your portfolio because it's doing well, then all of a sudden it doesn't do well. And bam, all of a sudden your portfolio is down big and you don't even know what happened. Hey, right. You know, I've reviewed hundreds of thousands of portfolios, you know, my career over 47 years. And, you know, the one thing that I always found with an investor who was investing just to make money as opposed to having a plan, right? They ended up with a collection of investments and it wasn't a strategy or a reason or a purpose, you know, for having that investment. And the same question I always ask, why do you own that? You know, what is it? Well, I don't know what it is, but the person that sold it to me told me it was good. And that's just not a great strategy. Yeah, it's a terrible strategy. And if you look at most of your portfolios, that's the way they're structured, right? Because maybe you have a broker who's a quote unquote financial advisor, but they've just sold you products. And you look at your portfolio, it's just a collection of investments. And to your point, Bob, when it's not attached to your goals, there's no strategic plan there because the whole idea of having a financial plan is to build a portfolio to keep your emotions in check. So when the market sells off huge, you're not sitting with way too much risk where you sell out and you don't recover those assets. Or on the flip side, when markets are hot, you know you, you, you dial back and you know not to take more risk because at some point markets are going to go against you, but it's a discipline as opposed to using your emotions. Yeah, because when you make emotional decisions, you know, it's, it's, in, you know, it's not something that's well thought out. Um, you usually have a lot of either buyer remorse or seller's remorse after you make the decision. You, you know, it's, it's stressful to you you know, to fly on the seat of your pants with emotional decision-making. So the idea is to remove that. And instead of having, you know, an event-driven portfolio, you have a process-driven portfolio where you know what you own and you know why you own it. Um, yes. You know, right. there are times where I see emotions um, helping, you know, because you start to realize that uh, if you take too much risk, there's a fear that, you know, the money is going to drop and you're not going to be around long enough for it to break even. Yeah, no, and that's a scary risk right now because if you're down the home stretch for retirement, maybe you're within 10 years or you're retired right now, if we get a big financial crisis like we saw back in 2008 and 2009 and markets drop like 50%, it's one thing when you were 40, right? You have plenty of time to make it up. You're still in your peak earning years. But now if you're down that home stretch, you can't afford that type of risk. Managing risk is so critical when you're in that financial red zone that you can't afford to make any bad decisions. And that's where, you know, when you build your portfolio and you try to keep your emotions in check, what we looked at is like, you want to build in as much certainty as possible. Yeah, exactly. We were just working with a new client running what if scenarios. First thing we looked at was what happened to this current portfolio if we had another 2008 and 2009. In a lot of cases, because there's so much focus on growth, there's so many people in long duration bond funds right now, right? You're seeing 
you know, the potential of a 50, 60% decline if we just have a 2008 or a 2000 over again. Um, you know, yeah. you might say, hey, I'm brave. I can handle that. But I'll tell you what, yeah. when you take 10 million and it's now 5 million, I don't know how brave you can be. Well, that's the scary part. And a lot of your portfolios today are positioned where they could easily go down 50, 60% in some sort of recession or some big market correction, especially in those long duration assets. And that, that puts it in perspective, Bob, right? Like you have a 10, $10 million portfolio, you're down $5 million. The media is telling you that the world's going to end. You're not going to stick with your investment strategy. I don't care who you are. So what you really have to assess now is like, what gains do you actually need in your portfolio to compensate for inflation? And how much can you protect that downside? Because it is all about protecting downside risk when you're living off your portfolio. I can't stress it enough. I think what I hear you're talking about, rise total return. You know, It's not about buying low and selling high. It's about getting dividends and interest and earning and compounding that money along the way. You know, half the return from a portfolio comes from the dividends and interest that are paid every quarter and accrued every day, no matter what's happening with the stock market or the bond market. So you really want to get focused on what's really important, which is the total return. And a lot of that is driven by your income. I'll tell you what, Rye, there's better outcomes with more income. Yeah. And that's it. And you can build your plan that way, right? I mean, we talk right now about how interest rates have gone up, right? Bond Bond yields now are more attractive than they were. If you have tax-free bonds right now, you know, a portfolio that you own, institutionally managed, is paying close to 3% tax-free. So if you're in a high tax bracket, that's like getting almost 5% on your money with very little risk. So there's lots of ways to generate income. Dividend yields are going up because of inflation. And there's lots of ways to tweak your portfolio. To your point, Bob, it's a lot less stressful at the beginning of the year. You know what's coming in for Social Security. You know what income almost to the penny, your portfolio is going to pay out over 12 months. Like If you know that, it's so much more irrelevant what the market's going to do on a month-to-month basis. So when you're out there on the golf course, when you're out there on the pickleball court, right? you don't want to be looking at your phone and looking at what the market's doing minute to minute. And that's what a good financial plan does for you. It gives you that peace of mind. I'll tell you what, Rye, peace of mind is worth its weight in gold. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, I need a plan like this. I need to figure out exactly what my income plan is going to be. I don't know what risk I have in my portfolio. I get emotional and I want to be in a position where I don't need to worry about my finances when I'm retired. Well, here's your shot to get that review. We're down to five slots left. We have this open for the show. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, Bob and I will run for you. Our now famous total financial master plan. We'll do it with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We look at everything. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front. We'll go through every investment you own. In fact, we're going to build you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and then we're going to hone in on every single financial issue that you have. We're going to address income. Income is so critical for retirement. What's your income plan? How do you take Social Security? There's so many ways to take Social Security. How do you draw from your portfolio so you don't run out of money? We're going to put together that full income game plan and factor in inflation. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to sell you high-fee products that are tax inefficient. We're going to go through all those annuities, insurance products, mutual funds, exotic brokerage products that you've been sold, show you where all the hidden costs are, reduce that cost, and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. We're going to break it down to make sure there's more money in your pocket. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you overweighted in long-duration assets like tech stocks, like the S&P 500, like bond funds, which are getting hammered right now as interest rates go up? 
Or are you just sitting in cash, earning nothing as inflation is eating away at your money? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We've got five slots left if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next five callers and you saved over $750,000 for your retirement, our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation and there's no cost, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, I hope you enjoyed listening to our segment this morning. If you want to learn more about our firm, Payne Capital Management, P-A-Y-N-E, you can check out our podcast. Go to bebullish.com. That's bebullish.com. Every week, we give you all our views on the market, the economy, what you should be doing with your financial plan. Simply go to bebullish.com. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. Your health is important. Your sexual health is very important. And like everything else, it has challenges. As many as 50% of men over 50 have sexual-related difficulties like ED, low testosterone, and low energy. That's where they come in. Elevate Wellness has real, professional, and in-person solutions. Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Or visit elevatewellnessgroup.com and get back to where it started. Office visits, only $99 this month. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Radio 77 WABC. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, stocks and bonds moved lower as interest rates were moving higher. The losses were driven by a more hawkish tone by the Federal Reserve, signaling it will be even more aggressive in fighting inflation. On this past Wednesday, the Federal Reserve disclosed its March meeting minutes. Headlines focused on two nuggets. First, some members believe that a 50 basis point, that's a half of 1%, as opposed to the traditional 25 basis point rate hike may be necessary. And second, that the Fed will start letting assets run off its balance sheet at a monthly rate of $95 billion starting in May. The general perception is the Federal Reserve is behind the curve in fighting inflation and now has to pull out all the stops to fix it, leading many pundits and economists to warn of an impending recession. Now, if the economists are right and we're headed for a slowdown or even a recession, it should end very quickly. At least that's what the markets seem to be saying right now. Yes, stocks were down on the week, but this is the first negative week in five. The 10-year and 30-year Treasury bond yields have been rising since January and now both yield 2.7%. Yet stocks keep moving higher from their January lows. The latest rally seems to thrive on bad news. Inflation, no problem. Higher rates, 
No problem. War. No problem. Now recession. No problem. It seems right now, the worse the news, the more resilient the current rally. And this is why market timing doesn't work and why investing is so difficult. It's so counterintuitive. Markets are forward-looking, and everything you and I know is already discounted in the current price. Yes, the Fed is raising rates. Yes, they're going to sell bonds and reduce their balance sheet. But none of these moves are etched in stone. The Federal Reserve changes its mind all the time and can and will change its policies. Nothing is a self-fulfilled prophecy. Fear, however, can trigger short-term volatility. As a result, in the short run, the market is a voting machine. But in the long run, the market is a weighing machine. And perhaps the stock market's current resilience is a reminder to us all to keep a growing economy on the scale. Hey, my son, Ryan, and I, we have 68 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. This is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. Thanks so much for listening on this uh, pretty beautiful Saturday afternoon in many parts of the the country. So appreciate you taking a little bit of time to uh, listen to our show and get educated about what's going on with our economy and finances and a little bit of politics. I will be taking your calls in just a few minutes. We already have several callers lined up, but we have a couple lines open, according to my producer. So that number again, uh, the More Money Hotline, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC, the number one talk radio show in these United States of America. And this is an incredible station. So uh, thanks for listening. Let's get back to what I was talking about before um, the break. And I want to give you a few statistics to underscore what I was saying about how much the economy has been thrown off track by the Biden people in just 14 months. So the inflation rate going back to January of 2021, now January 2021 was the month that Trump left office, the inflation rate was 1.7%, 1.7%. That's actually a really good number. In fact, you know, the Fed shoots for 2%. So we're actually in a slightly deflation environment, given where the Fed wants to be and where we were. I want the inflation rate to be somewhere in the 2 to 2.5% range. We've gone from 1.8 inflation in 14 to 15 months under Biden to now 7.9%. That's a pretty abysmal record. That's a quadrupling of the inflation rate. And every indication is it's getting worse. I mentioned before the break that according to Bloomberg and United Nations numbers, the global food prices are higher today. We've seen a bigger increase than we've seen any time in nearly 50 years. Um, Energy prices, gas prices have moderated a little bit, but they're still well above $4.50 a gallon in many markets across the United States and in New York. Uh, and uh, California, two of our biggest states, um, ca- gas prices can get up to 550 to $6 a gallon. 
So we have a cancerous inflation problem. And the way I like to explain this, folks, because it's not that complicated. Inflation is like a tumor in the body, right? You want to discover the tumor as early as possible so that it doesn't metastasize and doesn't spread throughout your body. And then you want to take out those cancer cells so that they don't spread. That's how you cure cancer. You you, um, discover it very early in the process. You treat it before it gets too large and, and, and kills the cells in your body. This is exactly what inflation is doing. We started at 2% inflation, then it was 4 then it was 5 then it was 7 8 Some people think it's going up to 10 11%. That is a metastasizing of the inflation problem. It gets worse and worse and worse over time. And by the way, we are seeing this now with real estate prices, which are through the roof. And one of the consequences of this higher inflation is um, we now have some markets for the first time in, in decades, we have a 5% mortgage interest rate. Now, look, I know I lived through 17% mortgage interest rate. So a 5% mortgage interest rate is still pretty tame but it's gone up from less than 3% under Trump to 5% under Biden. All of these, the point I'm making is all of these arrows are pointing the economy in the wrong direction. And that isn't happening by chance. It's not some kind of act of nature. It wasn't a hurricane or an earthquake that caused this. It was a policy regime change by Biden that is basically spending trillions we don't have, shutting down the American oil and gas and coal industry, providing all these government benefits, welfare benefits to people who aren't working, and it's causing mayhem. And I'm here to tell you it is time to stop this. Now, I'm hoping that we have one, at least one caller on the line. We have, uh, I see, four in line right now uh, that will defend the Biden policies. It's been five or six weeks since I've made this challenge, and none of my liberal listeners have come forward and said, here's why it makes sense to shut down American oil and gas and coal. But I know we have some people lined up. So, Mr. Producer, let's get right down to it. Let's take And who is that? Let's go to John in Highland Park, New Jersey. John in Highland Park, New Jersey, thank you so much for calling in. I hope you're going to challenge some of the things that I said today, because that makes the show informative and fun. What do you got for us today, John? Well, I'm going to just play the devil's advocate. I'm actually right. a conservative. But, I'll take it. I'll uh, take it. it. It's my belief that uh, Joe Biden is a puppet who's got a lot of people behind him to destroy America. And we'll still be able to uh, participate in the global thing. But that everything he's doing, for for example, the fuel thing uh, is to destroy America. And I would, I was, he really, I feel it's even more, uh, I feel strongly about this, even more so with the feeding off of the reserves. What are yeah. we going to do if we have to go to war with with aircraft and naval craft, yeah. actually? It's more important. It, there's very few nuclear sh- uh, ships, most, there's a few, but you need oil. That's what really the reserves are. And I'm sure you know that. Donald Trump bought that oil that's in there for like $38 a barrel. Uh, yeah. How, but, you know, this first day in office, as you also know, he, he, he uh, 
did all the, the nasty uh, executive orders. And I think he's out to destroy America. Or so John, I don't think he even knows what he's doing. All right. Great call, sir. Thank you very much. Um, listen, I get asked this all the time uh, when I travel around these great United States about what people ask me. They'll come up to me on the street or if I'm giving a uh, talk to a financial group, people say, is this intentional? <laughs> is this an intentional ploy by the left to bring our economy to our knees? And I always have been saying, no, I don't think it's intentional. I just think they have the wrong ideology. But there is this weird element of the left. And I'm not, this is the more extreme left. I'm not, I'm not, you know, casting aspersions of some of my Democratic friends. But some of them feel that because America has become the richest country and because we are so powerful that we have to almost pay a penance for the wealth that we have in this country and the companies that we have and the high incomes. And I don't, I don't actually get that philosophy, but I know some people think that's true. Now, some people will say, well, we, we're the big polluters in the world. You know, we're the ones who emitted all the carbon in the atmosphere. Nonsense. We're reducing our carbon emissions, folks. We're, we're not a sinner. We're not a saint <laughs> by any means. No, no, human beings are not saints. But if you want to reduce carbon emissions in this uh, atmosphere, this planetary atmosphere that we have, that it makes a lot of sense to me to be bringing oil and gas and coal production to the United States. And here's why. Because the United States has the best environmental standards in the world. I guarantee you, when China builds those 50 coal plants, they don't care about the environment. They don't care about climate change. I guarantee you, Vladimir Putin doesn't care about climate change or the environment. We know that Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and Mexico and Iran don't have good environmental standards. We have the cleanest energy. So here's what I'm saying to you folks. When we shut down American oil, gas, and coal, we're actually contributing to the pollution problem because now we're getting that production from countries that don't have near the environmental standards that the United States does. Uh, Great call, John. Who is our next caller, Mr. Producer? Our next caller is Henry from Manhattan. Henry from Manhattan, by the way, Henry, before I get to you, I just want to mention one thing. We do have one line open, and I think we'll have another one after Henry's call. That 1-800 number, the more money hotline is 1-800-848-9222. I want to hear from you. 1-800-848-9222. I am submitting that that, that the Biden energy and anti-inflation and spending policies make absolutely no sense to me, but I'm hoping someone will call in and defend them. But, sir, what have you got for us today? Well, they do make sense. They do? And I'll tell you why. What, what we need in this country is demand for our products. Yes. There are enough Americans that are buying our products, but we still have a capacity to produce more, so we have to sell our industrial goods abroad. Yes, now, where are they going to get money from uh, uh, to pay for, uh, you know, American uh, uh, technology products? Right. Yeah. And and the other, so so there are some ways, uh, uh, you know, we can send money abroad. We can do a lot more travel and tourism going to foreign countries and leaving American dollars. Uh, We can buy natural resources, 
even though we have them, because that puts a lot of dollars in in big chunks in other countries. Now, let me say this about the environmental standards. Yes. Okay. Uh, other countries in in the last few years, not during the pandemic, but a little before that, have had absolutely catastrophic atmospheric problems. I mean, there have been like hazes in London and in uh, yeah. in yeah. Shanghai where yeah. people could not breathe the air. Yes. Yep. Yep. And uh, I'm gonna, let me just cut you off there, sir. It's a good call. And I want to respond to what you're saying, because you make some really interesting points, some of which I agree with and some of which I don't. Now, obviously, if we want to import things from other countries, then we have to export things. Right. You know, and we should have right now we have a big uh, balance of trade deficit, which I'm not I don't have a big problem with. But I will say this. I don't understand why we wouldn't want to sell our oil and gas to other countries and produce it here and create the jobs here. You follow me rather than buy it from Saudi Arabia or Russia or Iran. And then that sucks money out of the American economy. So that's, that's the part of this I don't get. And I don't understand why Biden thinks it makes sense. Now he doesn't want us to use oil, any oil and gas, but guess what? 96% of the cars on the road today use gasoline. They're not electric vehicles. They're not electric vehicles. No, so I know some of you have Teslas, some of you have uh, Chevy Volts and those kind of cars, but you're in a minority. 95 or 96% of us have light trucks or minivans or, or you know, Mustangs or, you know, Chevrolets, uh, and they use gasoline or diesel. And I just, can't, again, I'm scratching my head, pulling my hair out, trying to understand why it would be better for America to get it from these other countries. Now, with respect to your point about pollution, what you're talking about, and I agree with you, is real pollution. So this is my point. Carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide is not a pollution. You don't get sick from carbon dioxide. In fact, there would be no life on earth, folks, without carbon dioxide. It's a critical part of our atmosphere. But there are real pollutions that you're talking about. Carbon monoxide is a pollution. That haze, uh, lead in the air, sulfur, all of these other real pollutions are a big problem. And that's because those do cause problems with breathing. Anybody who has emphysema or asthma or other problems, you get dirt and, and smog in, in your lungs. That's the kind of pollution we should be fighting. Now, I've got some good news on that front, folks, and most people don't know this. We have reduced, over the last 30 or 40 years, our pollution levels for real pollution, smog, lead in the air, other contaminants, ozone, all of those things. We've reduced those by, in most cities, 50, 60, 70, 80, even 90 percent. Lead levels in the air are down by 90 percent. So we do have stringent environmental standards. We do want clean air and clean water. But I'm going to say this again. Carbon monoxide, lead, smog, ozone, those are pollutions you can get sick from. Carbon dioxide is not a pollution. You don't get sick from breathing carbon dioxide. Okay, you got that? Now, I'm not you know, a health expert, but I know that 
from uh, from the from the experts that I do talk to. All right, Mr. Purdue, don't forget, folks, that more money hotline number. We still got a few minutes left. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Bob from Staten Island. Bob, thanks for calling. We're running out of time so quickly. What do you got for us? Hi, uh, I'm learning so much from you. I just wanted to ask your opinion about the uh, the Russians demanding payment in rubles. Uh, how does that affect uh, How does that affect us? I'm sorry. Say that again. The Russian what? They're demanding. Uh, they're selling oh, energy. The ruble. Demanding rubles. Yeah. How does that yeah. affect us? Well, that's a great call. Thank you for calling in, Bob. I like that question very much. And so here's the problem. We want the United States dollar to continue to be the world reserve currency. This is an incredibly important economic advantage that we have over every other country. Every country would love for their currency to be the world's currency. It's the dollar. It's the dollar for now. And so what I'm here to tell you is that when we have inflation like we do now, seven, eight, nine percent inflation, that is sort of think about that as almost a form of devaluing the dollar, right? Because you can buy less with your dollars. That's why in, inflation is such an insidious tax, especially on lower income people or anybody with savings. Let's say you've built up three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars of savings over your lifetime when you were working, then all of a sudden you get hammered. You know, they're just slicing off your savings every year with these high inflation rates and you get a three or four percent return on a bond investment. But your inflation is now seven percent. So you're losing money on this stuff. So we the Russians want the ruble to be the currency of value. And nobody believes that's going to happen. Right. Would you buy rubles right now? So they're demanding other countries in Europe. If you want to buy our oil in Siberia, you've got to pay us in rubles. And. I think the European countries should say hell no to that, but I'm worried that they're going to um, they're going to succumb to Putin and and uh, and buy that in rubles, which would be a terrible thing. Now, don't forget other countries. See, this is my big problem with when all this attention on Russia and we all pray every day for the Ukrainians. They are heroes. They are freedom fighters. They're putting on an incredibly uh, heroic um defense against these Russian forces. I'm just filled with admiration for the uh, for the uh, uh, Ukrainian people. Um, I see, by the way, there are lines and lines of people around the blocks of some of these buildings signing up to join the military to take on these invaders from Russia. I love it. Uh, my heart goes out to them as I think I, I think I speak for almost all our listeners. Um, but China, let's not take take our eyes off the ball. China is an adversary. They want the yuan to take over as the world reserve currency. They want to take over our technology industries. They want to take over our manufacturing. They want to take over the world. We're sitting here worrying about climate change. They're, they're paying. Let me put it like this. President Xi, he's playing chess, and President Biden is playing checkers, folks. It's that simple. And I don't like the end to that story. So let's start playing chess again like we were under Donald J. Trump. Okay, who is our next caller, Mr. Producer? Our next caller is David from Brooklyn. David from Brooklyn, what do you got for us, sir? Thank you for calling in. Hey, Steve, it's about the end game to me. They don't care about the sacrifice, the cost. Wait, 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 who's, growing... who's, David, who's they? Who's they? Uh, the, uh, the, the the Democrats in terms of the energy policy. They don't yeah, care okay, okay. about yeah. they don't care about the sacrifice, the cost, the growing pains, even the additional pollution. 
that the conversion to electric uh, entails. Right. Uh, they only want to achieve. So Dave, why, what, then why are they doing it? Why are they doing it then? They're only they want to achieve their long term environmental goals. The fact that the electric infrastructure isn't even in place doesn't right. dissuade them. They they probably are right to assume that to wait for it all to be in place before starting the changeover, we're never going to be, quote, ready to them. So they're just flicking the switch. They want yes. to go now, let the, let the chips fall where they may. We're the sacrificial lambs of the moment. We are. Yep. And uh, the higher cost, more people are eliminated from using oil, which satisfies the left by not drilling here. So I, it's the same I with the you got, I, I think you were onto something, my friend. I think you've nailed it. <laughs> I think that's exactly what's going on. And it's it's like cold turkey, right? I mean, they think we're going to go from 70% fossil fuels, which is we get two-thirds of our energy, as you know, from fossil fuels in this country, for everything from heating our homes to powering our uh, you know construction companies, our manufacturing, our businesses, our, our industries, uh, to – uh, the air conditioning that we use to the fuel that we use from our car, 70% of that comes from fossil fuels. And you're right. They just want to switch. I think you use the metaphor of switching the flick off and they don't care. I think if I follow you correctly, you're saying they don't care about the damage they're going to do. It's short term to them because they are showing the way to the future, quote unquote. This is how they see it. going to make us poor. I mean, great costs are, and I really appreciate it, but I, I think you're on to something, but, it's like we're the sacrificial lambs as, as they, you know, pray at this altar of climate change. And they don't care that it's hurting low income people. They don't care that it's going to cause food problems around the world. Somehow they think they're saving the planet. And I'm here to tell you, I think they're making us poor. OK, we got time for one more quick caller, Mr. Producer. Who we got? We got Frank from Westchester. Frank, we got 30 seconds. What do you got, my friend? How you doing, Steve? I listen to you all the time. What's the relationship with uh, in, the price of oil in respect to the CPI? Oh, it's huge. It's a great point. You know, energy is the master resource. Everything we buy incorporates energy. So one of the reasons we're seeing this high inflation flow is because Biden is shutting off our energy. It makes no sense. No callers today defending Biden on, at the week's six. Still waiting for it. Have a great weekend, folks. Listen to the more money show. I'll see you next week. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or elevatewellnessgroup.com.